one, Mr. Devil here, Kenny Danico, three-time Stanley Cup champion of the New Jersey Devils. And you're listening to the Uncle Puckers New Jersey Devils podcast with Chris, Dan, Bobby, and Tony, the Uncle Puckers. Let's go, Devils! When the countdown starts, guys, do you guys get all five numbers, like five, four, three, two, one? Because mine just went five, one, and then it started. So do you guys see all no, the I numbers? I don't see that, do you? You I, don't get see all? I get all the numbers. Bobby? Yes, all the numbers. Tony, you don't get them? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I guess I do, maybe. I don't know if I saw it or not. I think that means if we were playing a video game, you'd get shot up real bad because I you do, have I suck at video bad games. connection. I'm, like, my wife plays video games. She plays those zombie shooting games. I'm just not – I've never really been into that shit. I, I think I kind of lost all my uh, video game acumen after Super Mario Brothers. Wow. I, I pretty much went downhill. Dan, you've, we lived together, Dan, for many years. Yeah. You've seen me play video games. I'm not good. Well, uh, no, you, we used first to play like first Tony, shooter games. Yeah, we used to play like Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Remember that? Yes. We spent a lot of time playing that. That was fun. You could just chill out and skate around. There's no goals. You, you could Did suck. You? It's still fun. Do you guys remember, like, how that whole, like, what went down with Tony Hawk, Pro Skater? So, like, we were living, we were living in, you know, the house of three of us. And, uh, sorry, Tony, you weren't there. And um, my mother had come over to the house, and we had a PlayStation that wasn't ours. It was, it belonged to the owner of the house. I'm not going to okay. say names on the podcast. But it was there. My mom had come over, and she saw it. So she got me a PlayStation game for Christmas. And I didn't have a PlayStation. It was Tony Hawk, Pro Skater. So I got it for Christmas, and it was basically like under our tree that year back at the house. And uh, we had a huge party New Year's Eve. Uh, You guys remember that? Or probably not. Yeah, yeah. I remember the beginning. Right. So we wake up in the morning, and there's like fucking still like 30 people there. There's just, you know, we're all hungover. We're feeling like shit. And Dan, you looked over. You're like, you got Tony Hawk Pro Skater? I said, yeah. My mom got it for me for Christmas. So we popped it on. And for about a week and a half straight, we I don't think we left the house. No, I think I called out of work because I'm like, this is too much fun. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to go work today. I'm going to play a video game all day. Addicted to that game. And then yeah. we would come home from work and just put it on and put like ONA on the radio yeah. and then yeah. Ron and Fez and just yeah. sit there playing that game. And uh, I mean, we were obsessed with that freaking game. I remember game. we had yeah. different strengths too. Like I would be really good at just aerial tricks. Oh, but yeah, not much yeah. more. One of you guys was really good at rails, and it just kind of on right. and on. It was, and then when it was we, we I remember going up to, uh, because we only had, like, the one computer in that house, and it was AOL, and it was, you know, like, dial-up. Oh, wow. yeah, and I remember was waiting, like, an hour, hour and a half to get online to get the cheat codes. And that right. was awesome. When we had perfect balance, perfect everything, that was yes. a super fun game. I forgot. Yeah, you, your balance was a big pain in the yeah. ass. Yeah. 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 So you you're remember doing manuals and everything. Did- on the at Chicago Village, weren't you always on that damn uh, Mortal Kombat machine? Well, the games yeah, was yeah. my thing. That was my thing. Like, weren't you this, always? On, remember I'm they put still, that machine in there? I have yeah. so much muscle memory for the fighting games. It's not even funny. Like, uh, I went to my brother in law's house, and he's got some of those games, like big arcade games, in his basement. And I haven't played in like forever. And you know, like, I couldn't believe it. Like, I, I, I like, remembered everything. I remembered how to do your Hadoukens and all that other shit. It That's just all awesome. came back to me. Dude, Dan and would go like, there for hours and smoke cigarettes. If I remember correctly, <laughs> to smoke yeah, cigarettes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, I played her all day, like, on, you know, 50 cents because you just playing Benny's all day. It was fun. And I sucked so bad, I'd blow, like, three bucks in five minutes. I'd have to quit. You know, it was like, I can't do that. What do you call them? Three bucks? 
Yeah, I would blow that shit so no. fast, man. I, I was <laughs> sure you would. All right. Well, hey, Devil Nation. Welcome to the Uncle Pucker Devil Podcast. Uh, we're Chris, Dan, Bobby, and Tony, your Uncle Puckers. Thank you so much for tuning in with us tonight. And uh, thank you for listening to us talk about video games, which we actually had. Tony, we actually had the arcade version of NBA Jam and this like oh, awesome God. gopher pinball game in our first uh, house. That was awesome. And there's actually a cool story. The guy that made... The actual uh, stand up, you had the actual, the actual, game. oh yeah, the actual. Oh, that's awesome. You're on fire, like dude. That game was awesome, yeah. and uh, we had it in the house. And um, the guy that made that game is a huge Detroit Piston fan. I had no idea about this. I read it like actually just recently. And so, if you actually played, to you know Detroit, who I don't even know who was on that team for Detroit. They only got like three, four players you could pick from. But they were the best team. Like through, like he made Detroit better than Chicago, better than San Antonio, Utah, Dallas, all the big teams back then, Houston, and um, so that was kind of. He came out with it afterwards, saying like, "Yeah, well, if anybody paid any attention, Detroit was definitely the best team." Which, right? If you were making a video game of the Devils or a hockey NHL game, wouldn't you make the Devils just the best team? Yeah. No matter what, you definitely would make them better than the Rangers and the Islanders and the Flyers, no doubt. Yeah, I, I would do the exact same thing. So, all right, guys. Um, so I, I want to jump into a little bit of, uh, you know, we've got a lot of positive, good things to be happy about. I'm not talking about the Islander game. I'm talking about the season in general, right? We're second place in the Metropolitan, 100 points. Ticket firmly punched to the postseason. Second time in a decade that we're going. Look at the turnaround of this team from last year. You know, and, and just having, you know, a guy in his third year like Jack Hughes with, with 40 goals and 86 points and he sure turning out to be an elite two-way player, uh, 30 goals, 70 points, um, finally having the, the, the backstop goaltending that we so desperately needed in Vitek Vanacek, who's played great for this team. Hamilton just having a career year, you know, leading, yeah. breaking, the records. Third, breaking yeah. the record for goals scored by a defenseman. Um, you know, and then the, the acquisition of, you know, a real archetype power forward in Timo Meyer from the trade from San Jose. Like, the dude's yeah. a stud. Biggest guy on the market for, you know, any, any team to get. He was the big get. Absolutely. And, you know, so there's so much to be happy about and feel good about this team, um, especially going into the playoffs. And, um, you know, it, it, look, it's going to be the Rangers. Uh, we know that. Um, we're, we're not going to win the division. Chances are we might end up third right now with the way the Rangers are playing. So really, tomorrow night is, you know, it's, it's a home ice advantage game. Like, you have, to, you have to stay ahead of the Rangers. We're only two points ahead. Um, so there's a lot of good things. I think in this show we're going to talk a little bit about a lot of the good things the Devils have to go look forward to going into the playoffs and going into the Ranger game tomorrow uh, at the Rock. And also talk about some of the deficiencies and some of the things that we seem to be lacking and where we're going to, you know, what you want to see this team doing in these last eight games uh, moving forward. So, you know, let's start off then, guys, with the the Islander game, you know, um, just really wasn't, I mean, we just got bullied. I don't know any other way to, to really put it. I mean, no, we didn't have our best effort and our defense, when <clears throat> Ryan Graves and Marino are having rough nights, it's going to be a bad game. And they had rough nights. You know, when Kevin Ball is like your best defenseman out there, you know, that shouldn't be on this team. But, um, 
you know, it was a rough game, and we I just think we, we just got completely manhandled. That was the thing that was so concerning to me about that game, was the Islanders, they're a big, physical, veteran team. They know what they're doing. They block shots. They tie up your sticks in front. They win board battles. They do all the little things well, and it got us off our game. We couldn't skate. We couldn't use our speed. We were extremely – when the Devils – when a team gets the Devils out of that rhythm, they're beatable. Mm-hmm. Um and, yep. uh, and and the physicality thing, we talked about it ad nauseum on this podcast. The the grit or lack thereof to this team was very evident against the Islanders. Um, which is why I've said, I think the Islanders are, are, are going to give Boston, if they end up playing Boston, they're going to give Boston fits. Yeah. Um, so, but I, I, I kind of want to, that's my... My kind of view of, of that game, and in, in, uh, you know, just quickly. But w- what do you guys think, Tone? Why don't you start us off, and, and what do you, you know, some thoughts about the Islander game? I mean, I was disappointed, of course, by the performance because I felt like they, I don't know, it's going into that game. I I felt like it had that vibe where I know there's what a week and a half left of the season, but these games are statement games. Um, you know, I, that game I felt like we really weren't in it, and I don't play Vanacek either. I don't think it was him in that game. Um, like you said, Graves. Obviously, there was that the falling, falling down over, that happened with that allowed the one goal. Um, you know, you know, there's certain things that I try to remember right now. Like the if you remember the Avalanche, their last eight games they were one and seven. Go, they, they what, lost, last season you're talking about. They lost when they, they, when they, right? they lost seven. So I try to remember things like this. You know, there's certain I would like to see Boquist back in there instead of Smith. I'll be honest. Um, you know, I know that like I think Boquist hasn't played since the Buffalo game. And, it's a bit head scratching. Like, yeah. why we're why are we going with this? You know, seven and eleven thing. It just it yeah. doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Like, I, I just do we really need to see Ball and Smith on the ice at the same same game? Like, I don't know. Like, you're taking a forward out, a, a pivotal forward like Bokus, who's played very well, who was actually being rewarded up until he's been scratched with being moved up to the second and third line. He's been getting a lot of ice time, and now all of a sudden. He's sitting for Brendan Smith, which is... He had three uh, games, I know, with no points and was like a negative two. So I saw that. And, we you know, should that I didn't know. But that's, yeah, I think... Three that's, games. Yeah. What are we doing with the guy? Get rid of him. Bob, I like, yeah, like Boquist. Bob, give me your uh, your your 30,000-foot view of the Islander game. Well, it was obvious that I was saying all along, I didn't think they had a really good chance at that game. I don't like the matchup. I don't like playing against the Islanders. I thought that they were going to play us really tough. I didn't think it was going to be that bad, though. Um, I just – there's a lesson to be learned there, I guess. It's just they got to they got to learn how to play harder. Um, that was a desperate team. That's what they're going to face. I think it's actually a good thing heading into the Ranger game. Um, but, you know, overall it's easy to kind of look back at the last week or two and, you know, I can hear a bunch of Devils fans maybe saying, oh, we've come this far just to start stinking now or um, – you know, I think it's just something we're working through. I think there's enough sample here that we know the core of this team and what they're capable of doing. Um, but each one of these losses has to be a new lesson for them, and I think it will be. Um, but in layman's terms, I'll just say they completely shit the bed, and I was very unhappy with it. I mean, the effort was all, <laughs> the effort was just terrible. Um, so that's the bad in me kill, talking. Wasn't it? it was a buzz kill that game. It was. Yeah. What about you, Dave? I thought that it was just too many defensive mistakes. I think this defensive core is really out of sorts. Guys who've been very solid are getting less so. And, you know, guys that were temporarily looking great are not looking that great anymore. And, uh, 
there's a lot of defensive breakdowns. You can't have those kind of defensive breakdowns and uh, win games, especially tight games against gritty teams. You made a great point about that. We're, you know, we're not getting that. And I thought that, honestly, with the additions we made, we'd be a little grittier. Now, you know, we're down a couple guys who were supposed to add to that grit. You know, Lazar, for one. And, you know, like, I guess, yeah, Bastion is huge with that, too. So that's hopefully something that will be remedied when those guys, hopefully, I don't even know what the latest word is, but hopefully they come back to us in time. Well, that seems to be the issue. Um, Bastion is skating. Uh, He hopes to be back for the playoffs. Lazar isn't even skating right now. We don't know what's going on with him. Doesn't look good. I heard someone saw him with a uh, cat. cast on his leg limping around that's what i had heard on one i read that but i don't know you know you never know if it's true or not but that is what i read it's a major bummer if it is because uh that kind of grit is sorely in need with this team and you know here's the other thing we can't just like okay well i guess we're going to go out first round because we don't have lazar a lot of guys could pick up the slack there and it hasn't been happening and you know if you're going to be playing a gritty team you got to get gritty like we saw a little bit of you know miles wood standing up and taking that fight a game ago um that was a step in the right direction, but shift after shift, you have to have that grit from those kind of guys who are going to fill in the, the shoes of the guys we went to get for that reason. I think the whole team knows that's why we got we got Lazar, um, and he's out. So who's going to fill those shoes, you know? And just defensively, I mean, somebody I've been super hot on all year, Graves. I mean, I saw a bunch of mistakes. I feel like he hasn't really looked like himself lately, and I thought it really showed there, you know? Yeah, so, that, I, I mean, that's what I saw. I also, with this, uh, dude, I, I think, I mean, I know we've all talked about it before, and I know I keep on stating this, but I really see it now when you're playing. Like, I think we're going to see it tomorrow night, and I really hope that we can hold our own because I think we are, so, I hate to say a soft team, but if I'm playing the Devils, I know that, you know, we can hit you, you know, and that's no one's, until, I saw Vanacek, I don't know if you got the other night, me and Chris were talking about this like, last night, yeah, for the Islander game, Vanacek gets run over, and yeah. I didn't see anybody doing shit about it. Right. Could you imagine that? Like, like, no one was. I just was, and I was watching it, and I think I texted Chris. I was like, "Bro, I'm like, they're just they just ran him over, and you don't see anybody getting anybody's face. Really, it was really odd to me." Yeah, and forget about comparing it to the '90s. I mean, I don't see other teams doing that today, where they just pretend it didn't happen, like our guys. You know, we do now. I feel like I mean, I know I, I see too much of that, especially around the goal, around the crease and the goalie, and but really all around, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I just I. This team has got – they're missing something that they have to find if they're going to have playoff success. Or, I mean, look, we've all heard this for, you know, forever, right? Offense wins games. Defense wins championships. Mm-hmm. Now, having a team as skilled and as fast as the Devils, and, you know, look, they can skate with anybody. They can score goals. Um, in a seven-game series with a team like the Rangers – do you guys think, because the Rangers play very well defensively as well, and they're also physical, um, they're probably not as, they're definitely, they're not as big as the Islanders, but they definitely do play a little bit of a hybrid style between the Islanders and the Devils. They can, they do have some guys on there that can really fly, they can score goals, they're a very, very good team with very good goaltending. During a seven-game series, let's say it was with the Rangers or the Islanders or whatever, that's let's say Islanders because that's the the closest comparison as far as what what's fresh in our heads. So during a seven game series, would their style wear us down to the point that they would wrap it up in six or five or six, or would our speed and offensive prowess 
put them on the on their heels and and win a series six to seven six or seven games. Which style do you think in the NHL playoffs with the way the playoffs are set up now, the way the league and the teams are play now? Who do you think does it kind of behoove more us or a team like the Islanders to play in a seven-game series? What do you guys think? Bob, what do you think? That's tough, man. Um, you know, I think if we're talking about the way the game is played now, I my gut has to say that the Devils can wear them down with that speed. Um, I just, you know, I'm old school, though, and, and when I see the way the Islanders play, I that's how I reference hockey and, you know, taking over a series. But I think the Devils can do it, um, their style. And I think it's evident in the way that they kind of bounce back all year, too. Maybe it's not necessarily playing a team back-to-back, but just the way that they can kind of give that extra extra energy uh, the second time around. But that's, that's I mean, it could be a coin flip, man. I don't really know. I just, I guess, I, based on what they've done all year, I would have to say that maybe their style could wear them down if, you know, they could stick around long enough. I mean, again, that's it, it, just one of those things. Like we, you know, you look at the Eastern Conference, and the Devils are the only team that's the new kids on the block, and you know, no one has a clue, not even us, how this team is going to play. And that playoff um, experience Dan, is a huge thing. It is a huge thing, and you know, they're going to get some. But Dan, what do you think? Which style? I I still think uh, yes, the NHL has changed a lot, and they've made a lot of changes to try to answer that question. Well, speed and scoring is always going to win. But no, it has never been that, despite all the changes. Look at all the uh, Stanley Cup winners. Look at the teams that went deep. They didn't do it with just that alone, right? We're not hoisting the cup year after year from in Edmonton, right? It's not happening. So we're not there to that point where if this devil team doesn't want to show the grit necessary, their speed alone, which I really think is unsurpassed, their scoring skill and speed when they're on their game. You know, you said something earlier and you made a good point. If you take this team off their game, they're beatable. It's kind of like one of those self-evident statements, you know, like, oh, of sure. course, you know. But it's so true with this team because uh, they they need that time and space, don't they, to make themselves look good. And playoffs is all about taking time and space away. It's not just about, you know, hitting the nasty, dirty hits. It's about how tightly you want to play your player, how much you're shadowing that guy's ass. And that requires that stick to itness, that – you know, that desire to make every shift on them, have no time and space and, and get frustrated. We used to do that to teams with prior double teams. We've seen that in the playoffs before, and you see it all the time. And that's why the most skilled teams offensively don't always win the cup. In fact, they rarely win the cup. Uh, it's usually the teams that have a great combination of, you know, good team defense, uh, good skill in offense, good goaltending, and then a team philosophy of, we're, we're crowding this puck. We own this ice. We're taking it uh, from the other team. And so I don't know. I I hate to admit it, but I think that our style without the right application of our own kind of grit to counteract that, to make our own space, you know. Remember, when our, our fourth line was killing, they, they are not a super highly skilled line. They're not all technicians. They were banging, in, you know, behind the net, thumping the boards, making their own space. And I think that's what makes it happen for you in the playoffs. You think you're uh, uh, right. I think I, I think that the defensive style, uh, like the Islanders play, is a formula to a deep playoff run. Uh, use Edmonton as an example, and they're a great example. I mean, they you can only make it so far, and if you don't have that 
team philosophy of lock, you, we got a one goal lead. It's going into the third. We got to lock it down. Do any of us going into any game with a one goal lead into the third feel comfortable? No. With the way this team has been playing defensively right now? No. Um, you know, and, Especially and with I, only one minute left. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, at any period at that point, you know, there's one minute left. This team seems to just fall apart. And you watch the Islander game, you know, we got five guys on the ice. Never once did those any of the Islanders miss their assignments. You know, did we catch uh, uh, them uh, uh, odd numbers um, in their right. zone? You know, they any they were responsible for every guy on the ice at every moment. They all knew the job that they had to do, and they did it well. And this goes back to what I was talking about. We were talking about the last podcast. Does this team know what that is? Does this team know what everybody's job is? Because yeah. they have to have one, and they have to play – you know, and again, I mean, does that come down to coaching? Does it come down to a young team? And who knows? This team might just turn it on come playoff time and play at a different level than what they've been playing now. They've shown they can do it. And when they are controlling the game and using their speed and not having to dump and chase, not having to use their fort, like that's that's the devils, the clean breaks, you know, into the zone. The one, two quick passes, get a scoring shot. A scoring attempt. This is what they do. When they have to dump and chase and start grinding it with you, where you know that we're done. You know, you can just tell for after the first period of that Islander game, like we are not going to be able to hang for sixty minutes with this team. And uh, you know, I, I'm that was that night. You know, seven game series, you know, everybody's gotta adjust. Everything, you know, every game's gonna be a little different. You can lose five to one one night, you can win Four nothing the next. It's just how the playoffs go. So I mean, again, this is a huge unknown, and it's you know, devil. Or devil fans should be very excited for what happens. But th- my big concern is, look, we haven't made the playoffs in five years. We're finally back. There's a good chance that you're not going to make it out of the first round. You know, eight teams don't make it out of the first round. But to lose to the fucking Rangers, like that's the thing that's so. That just burns my ass. Like, I don't want to lose in the first round of the Rangers. Sure. Well, you know, I Definitely. think you brought up – I think the biggest thing that benefits the Islanders against us in the series would be the playoff experience. I mean, you know, I mean – and tell me Paul Mary didn't have a good time last night, you know? Yeah, he was waiting yeah. for that. Yeah, it was, was a little bit of uh, – but, I mean, I think, you know, again, we were out hit last night. I think it was – was it 30 – was I think? What was the hits? Was let me see here. I have it here somewhere. Twenty-four at thirteen. We had thirteen hits. We're always getting out hit every game. I think there was one game of the last ten where we were like only five below. We're always getting out hit, um, and I think that, that playoff experience for the Islanders will help because it is a much more physical game in the playoffs. Even when it was in the bubble, which I hated the bubble. When you watch that, you saw it. it just the volume is just turned up to you know eleven as like a Spinal Tap. Um, but yeah, I mean that's going to benefit them. Could we win? Yeah, because, you know, as we know, anything can happen. Any team can go on a run. I just feel like our offense, and I think the problem is I feel it's been a while now. We have not been clicking. Like, there's just something, you know, and I was saying last week, I'm very happy to be in the playoffs. I think it's fucking awesome. It's been a long time, and I appreciate this season so much. It's been great. Um, but this is going to be a test. And tomorrow night, to me, is a huge test. Well, let me ask you guys. How important is tomorrow night's game for just the confidence level of both these squads? Huge. Bob, what do you think? 
I mean, it's it's extremely important. That's that's what the players are going to say, and they're, they're but they're also going to tell you that they they want every win just as bad as that one. I just think the emotion of the rivalry comes in. Yeah, it is. Um, it, it's it's a giant game, but at the same time, if if we lose the game, there's still a, a decent portion of the season left to start playing their game right, and I'm not too worried about that. And kind of like the game I talked about last week, uh, Minnesota. I, you know, we can lose the game, but I want to see them play like a playoff team. That's all. Just show me that kind of effort. Show me that. And then then I wouldn't worry about it so much. But, you know, again, that's that's the analytical one in me and the fan is saying, Jesus Christ, just beat them, please, because this means everything. <laughs> so, I mean, you know. do you guys think that, you know, possibly maybe need to sit Graves or Siegenthaler for a game or so going to Graves had a horrible game against the Islanders. I, I just, I mean, he was just that fall. That, yeah, caused the ball, yep, that yep. was, that was the least of his mistakes. You know, he, he made several other mistakes and I just, I don't know. I mean, uh, again, next week, if, if so Thursday night, um, Michigan plays in the frozen four. If they win, they play on Saturday for the championship. Lose. Please. Well, if they lose Thursday, he'll be available for Luke Hughes will be available for three games for us. If they go to Saturday, they win Thursday, play Saturday, then they'll be available for the last two, Buffalo and Washington. I think the last three are Boston, Buffalo, Washington. But we absolutely have to get Luke Hughes up in here to get a look at him because if he is anything like he's been throughout his career in college and in world juniors, if he is a fraction of that in the NHL, he's better than half of our defensemen we already have. Yeah. Like we got to get this guy in there. Um, and I think that he will come in and steal a spot. I really do. I think come playoff time, Luke Hughes is going to be a regular in this lineup. We need it. That would be amazing. I would love that move. Now, what would you, you guys, hear- I'm sure we're all going to say Vanacek, but are you guys, would you guys be surprised if they put Blackwood in that tomorrow night? Not at all. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Same here, same here. Uh, I don't agree with it. I, I think Vanacek played pretty decent against the Islanders. I don't think you could fault him for any of no, the goals. No, I don't for that game. Um, so, you know, I think, yeah, you should run with Vanacek, but I don't think they will. Yeah, I mean, Vanacek has a better record with the Rangers. I think he's done better. I know he's got a shorter sample. Um, I, I would definitely go on that alone. And play Vanacek, but I'm with you, man. I would not be surprised what they do when, as to the goaltending situation. It's been kind of weird, the decisions they made, uh, which kind of lead me to a question I had for you guys. Um, so now we have officially made that move to send uh, Schmid down. Yeah. And he's back with the Comets. And now I don't even know the particulars. Was this a we got to do this contractual wise yes. thing or? Uh, but you're, are we sure that it wasn't like a decision? Like, no, we want our one and two to be uh, Vanacek Blackwood. They would have had to put Blackwood on waivers to send him down. I think that, and that was that's a fact. That's a, there's yeah, no other way. Fact, yeah, not not with Blackwood. Uh, you had like, that's why, and we had said that. Like, but they we, but they could have. Isn't there another option? Could uh, maybe three. there's yeah right. Could they could have carried three? But what, we had to free up a roster spot for seven defensemen. Is that what we're saying? Like, I don't even I, get it. I don't know what the exact why they didn't want to carry three exactly. Um, it, I just I think the Schmid thing is just stupid at this point. Um, you know, you keep on jerking the guy around, and he's done nothing but been st- stellar for you in the time that he's been in. 
Um, so I still don't think this Mackenzie Blackwood train is is coming to a stop yet. I think he's going to probably get hurt at some point again, or you know, have a he goes and starts against the Rangers and lets four in the first period. Like, are we really ever going to see this guy again? Like, well, we really should. Right? That, that, I know. Let's look at the opposite of that, right? Watch he goes in there tomorrow night. Now, injury, that's the thing with Blackwood. I think his biggest – I've seen Blackwood. We've all seen him play well. I think his biggest issue is the injuries. But could you imagine as he goes in there and gets a shutout tomorrow night? Oh, everyone's on not, not even our opinions totally, but you're going to see a whole different vibe towards Blackwood because that's how it yeah. rolls. Even if he goes in and gets a shutout tomorrow, I, I am still – it doesn't mean that he should be above Vanacek in my no, opinion. No, no, well, no of course not. You know, of course not. But, but, but I'm talking but about backup-wise. Yeah, but but also but if he gets a shutout tomorrow night right, and just has a stellar game, right, yeah. and he stands on his head, 42 saves, the guy was phenomenal, I think our coaching staff would, you know, put him in for the next six games. You know, I really do. Like I just – I don't know what their mindset is. When it comes to the goaltending, or what they really think about Vanacek, um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I wonder if they know something we don't, because they've never really shown the sign that you know this was his number one spot. And like you said, until very you know small patch, uh, he was been amazing. Everything you could ask for this year. So maybe there's something we don't know about. The, you know what they're why they believe that. I just I can't see it. Yeah, I can read you guys a couple comments from the Twitter if you want. So yeah, we got some, we got some related to the Ranger game. I have a few right. here. And guys, if I fuck this up, excuse me, because I'm really not great with the social media thing, but I'm going to go with this route. Um, this is from the NJ Devils Advocate. He says, first line matchup is crucial. Nico versus Mika, which is definitely a true. Uh, New Jersey matches up well after that, although Lindy should limit fourth line minutes and stop the 11-7 crap. What do you guys think of him? Oh, I mean, I'll, I'll go first. I completely agree with stopping the 11-7 crap. Yes. Um, I, I don't think that the fourth line should be limited in minutes. I think the fourth line is, uh, you know, when our fourth line is together with Bastion and uh, Boquist and Wood, is that, that, that was it, right? That was good. Um, yeah. So um, with, with those three guys doing what they did in the beginning of the year and – McLeod, that was him. Sorry. Um, uh, with McLeod and Bastion and Wood, if, McLe- if Bastion's healthy, um, you know, they do a lot to set the tone as far as the physicality, uh, as far as, you know, just them, their, their net, mount, uh, net front presence, things like that. I think a fourth line is in beating, and I'll say this more so in a seven-game series, a fourth line is imperative if you want to get through a seven-game series. That's my opinion. What do you guys think? Well, what was this dude's name again? NJ Advocate or NJ something? NJ Devil's Advocate. Devil's Advocate. Okay, good name. I like that. No, I, I would say that he's definitely on to something we could probably all agree on. Nobody really likes this carrying seven defensemen. You know, like two shaky defensemen don't make one good defenseman, Lindy. I, just, I don't yeah. understand what you're saying. You can't put three of them on the ice at the same time. Yeah, you know, it's uh, so I don't get that. I'm, I'm with you there. Um, as far as the fourth line, I, I kind of go back and forth because I'm not sure exactly what he means. He, which fourth line, right? So... Yeah, if we got that old, I hate calling him that BMW line, but one including McLeod there and not having him play on a different line and, uh, you know, getting a healthy Bastion back. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm with you. But the fourth line has been kind of up and down, and, and Bastion is out. So if he's talking about that, I kind of get it because the fourth line has been, well, that's where they just throw guys randomly, and, and you know, it has not been a good, consistent line for us. So 
in you know this fourth line that if that we've seen recently, I'm kind of with them, man. I mean, that's been our shakiest line plus minus too. Bob. Yeah, he's right. I mean, it's in the context of, of the quote, really. I mean, if, if we're talking about how they're playing right now, sure, you can limit it a lot. Um, if you're talking about, you know, what the potential line can be and what it has been before, I mean, was it a month or more ago? Like, I stood on the Bastion Hill, and that was way before uh, we and others, I'm starting to see some posts are coming out about the devil's record with and without Bastion in the lineup. Right? Crazy, like, what, is, right? what is it with this guy that makes you do? I just love the way he played, and I just always wanted him in the lineup. But maybe there's a little more to it. So, yeah, if, if we can go you know, back or at least put that line back together and see what they have. What was the prospect of him coming back, Bob? Did You said it earlier? Or somebody told me no, he's skating. He'll be soon. It, it, like, yeah, I heard Lazar's right. the one that's going to be out. Probably not tomorrow night, right? Nobody, there's nobody no. saying that he's going to be there tomorrow night. No. So if, if we're talking about this game and this guy is talking about how to play it, I can't disagree with him on that front either. Who is our fourth line? Um, yeah, what, what did we was, run last game, right? Was it, was it Wood? And Segan or um, Wood and uh, Sharon Govich, and then they threw like Jack and a couple guys in for that. That uh, yeah, it was like a revolving uh, door. No, it was McLeod and Wood, and then uh, yeah, I keep on forgetting about McLeod. So it was Michael McLeod, Miles Wood, and then they kept that third slot open. They threw Jack in the double shift here and there, and other guys. Which if you know, that's not a fourth line. That's just double shifting Jack. Uh, You know that. that, So, but to, to have our fourth line back the way it was, you know, with McLeod. Bastion and Wood, yeah, if they can get backed up to speed for the playoffs, that's what I want to see. For tomorrow night's game, yeah, I agree with you. Maybe you limit those guys and you roll the three that you know are going to be productive. So, Sure. Any other feedback? Yeah, I got one more I'll read. You know, every you know, every couple shows I'll read a few of these when I get them and then, you know. Um, but this is uh, from Amanda Stein Shoe is the name of the screen, uh, the user Is name. it a left shoe or a right shoe? I have no what idea. What kind of shoe the middle is shoe. It? It's a middle it? shoe. Oh, oh she's a tripod. <laughs> what, what kind of shoe is it? I is can really. And uh, it's a glass helmet. There's. Team is it an UG? It's an UG. What is it? It's I remember UG. UGs. Jesus Christ. Yeah. She's probably an UG wearer. I've seen her. I haven't I thought like of that it. name in a long time. I'll um, send you a pair. They're probably good in the cold weather of Lithuania. Yeah, probably. Yeah. They you keep your biggies warm. Yeah, so we actually had those from springy weather, but uh. Yeah. says, "Timu, use Brat, and leave that line alone for a while." What? Timu, Hughes, and Brat on a line, and leave that leave that oh, line. Timu, Hughes, and Brat. Okay, yeah. okay. And just leave and let it let it play out for a while. Basically. That was her comment. That okay. was the comment. Yeah. What well, they think that we need to do to, you know? Well, I mean, hmm. interesting. At this point, you know, I'm sure we'll see that line at some point tomorrow, and several other line combinations throughout the day tomorrow. I mean, yeah. I liked I. I was a big proponent, still I am. You got Meyer here to play with Hughes. You've got to give them ample time to get shit together because they can be dominant. And who did, who did uh, Amanda Stein Chu want to see on the other uh, wing? Was it Brat? was Timu, Hughes, and Brat. Yeah, I, I'm, I like that. I like that line. And I also like the Tatar, Heesher, Mercer line. But this, we can't have good things for long periods of time in New Jersey because they just go and it gets fucked up. Bob, what do you think? Well, I think if we can put the Heischer line back together with Tatar and Mercer and see if they can recapture that magic, that's actually step number one. Then I also do agree, yeah, I, I want to see Hughes with Meyer longer. Now's the time to do it. They may be cemented in their position, right, more or less, second or third, maybe, even though I still hope first is out of the question. Um I mean, 
maybe even I don't know if this matters. I'll see what you guys think, but should Meyer be given more time on the right side? I mean, I know it's interchangeable once they're going, but is this really maybe changing his game a little bit? Well, I'm sure it is. I mean, you know, he is getting guys playing different positions. He's in different spots on the power play almost every other game. It feels like, um, and and he's playing with different dudes, and he's in a, a you know on the other side of the country playing for a completely different team over the course of the last month. It's it's a lot. Um, so, I think Timo's played very well, and I think you know I, I, we are kind of expecting and hoping that he does turn it up to a different level over these course of these last eight games and into the playoffs. I mean, he has played well. I'm not ever. I'm not going to bash him at all. I, I see what he's doing besides the numbers that he's putting up. But I mean, if if you bring in a Timo Meyer, and if you wanted one guy to be more comfortable as a natural position for now, would it be Meyer or Brett? I, I would. I would say Meyer. I agree. I let him go and be the power forward he was his whole career, and uh, Brett can adjust. He's he's so you know he can just fly around so much better. Like I wouldn't worry about him. I think they should really give that a try. You know, with Meyer. Does it? Do you feel like how how important do you think it's going to be with this playoff run to us bringing him back next year? Like, how is this going to? Like, how I've, to me the performance? It's not so much. Yes, I feel better if so. Say we lose awful. Say we lose in seven, right, to the Rangers, which is awful. But we have a great series, and the team just gels. Do you think them going in there and shitting the bed? You know, say the Devils go in there and get knocked out in five, and it's like kind I, of the. How much of an impact do you think this makes on bringing him back next year? I don't think it makes any impact. I think that Timo Meyer is part of Tom Fitzgerald's big plan, um, long-term plan. So I think that whatever happens come this playoff, I, I really don't see that affecting Timo Meyer, his contract situation, or what happens next year and through future seasons with the Devils. I think Tom Fitzgerald is going to do everything he can to lock him up regardless. I would agree, and I would tie those – that question and Amanda Stein's shoes question together and tell you that I think that all the Devils fans wanted to see Meyer and Hughes together a little bit more consistently, you know, and this is the thing with Lindy Ruff. Uh, when the Devils are playing well, which has been a lot this season, we totally give him a pass on this, do we change up lines things? Number one, he does it less. Obviously, he's not going to change up some, but, you know, the first time he changes lines and they click again, we're like, Lindy's a genius. But now when they're not playing the way they want, we want them to, and we're not getting what we need to out of some of these new acquisitions like Timo Meyer, makes you wonder, like, Lindy, are you going to give these guys any kind of time to know who they're playing with? So I'm kind of with you there, and I, I like that. I mean, I guess Amanda Stein's shoes point was really in that last part of what she said. She? Does she have male shoes? I don't know. But whoever it is, um, they what they said was, uh, you know, and leave them there for a little while, and because that, that's they're basically complaining about the whole Lindy Ruff thing. Which now, is, if I'm Fitzgerald, we've been again, complaining about since December on this exactly. show. Exactly, and and if I'm Fitzgerald, and we don't have a great playoff run, I think you and I will know. I think all the fans will know, and I think Fitzgerald will know. Hey, um, it might have something to do with coaching, right? But let's go back to the reality that you know we were at, you know not ever always so pleased with his coaching last year. Yes, the team was a different team. Yes, we didn't have the expectations. Um, and he, yes, he's done great making this team exceed expectations so far. So I'm going to like you know try to be careful about this. But let's be honest. They, when they brought in his, his new assistant coach, one of the things all Devil fans said was, 
hey, if, if things continue to go south with this team with all the changes, then we got a replacement. So you know that's coach reevaluation is going to be part of the offseason. And that kind of casts Timo Meyer and what we do with them in a new light. It's like back to the drawing board because we don't believe we had a good plan. And let's well, get a new quarterback or a new designer in, you know. They are already talking. You know, I've already read a couple articles. There, there is some talk that we don't know if Russell – and first of all, I – this year, I think Russ done a great job. I, I'm on that, I that fence. I completely disagree, but, um, but go ahead. Yeah, so I'm on that side of the fence. Um, and I think, you know, but there is question that he might not be back next year. So that, I think, does play into it also. Bobby, what do you th- what do you think on that? Do you think that he definitely comes back, or do you think the playoffs kind of matter in the play? I don't think he definitely comes back. I know that he's on record um, saying I believe that he wants to come back. Um, but, yeah, there's there's a lot to say with that. Obviously, a deep run. I think he's back because he will get credit for this season. I think if they're bounced early, then yeah, Dan's right. They're probably going to take a hard look. They do have somebody that can come up and, and replace him. But I'm, I'm with Tony. Um, I think he deserves credit for the season, not all the credit. Um, as of late, he's driving me nuts with, with these changes. You don't bring in a Timo Meyer and then like, oh, the whole team lost chemistry. Like, I don't buy that for a second. Like, this guy's a power forward. You can slot him with anybody. But I, you When know. it comes to Lindy, I mean, look. I think unless this team makes it to the Eastern Conference Finals this year, Lindy Ruff is not going to be the coach next year. I, I, have, I, I don't I don't think he's going to be back, period. And I don't think he's done such a masterful job this season. I think that if he actually – I think he got a lot out of this team. And But, again, we keep on going back to does this team have a system in place? Does this team – know their roles and are they consistently buying in to the roles they have to play and doing it every night in shift in and shift out they're not they still make these same stupid defensive mistakes that they made last season except this season they have been covered up tremendously by this outpouring of skill and offense when you have guys still doing that stuff, yeah, I put that on coaching. And I will put on coaching exactly what you three have all talked about here. You know, the mercer Heischer tatar line, when it was broken up. Was it struggling when it was broken up? No. It was fine. I think they had one game where they didn't have a point and they were getting broken up. Like, just chill the fuck out and see. Give it a game. Just one game. Don't fuck. If there's no injuries, don't fuck with the lines. Let's just see how they do. Let's see how Timo and Jack do come the third period when they have six, seven, eight shifts under their belt and they, you know, get a little more comfortable. Then into the next, you have eight games now. This is not the time to be throwing your notebook and papers up in the air and being like, I don't know what the fuck we're doing with lines right now. Like, you gotta get your shit together. I agree, dude. I mean, I think starting with tomorrow as a head coach in the NHL, you better have a pretty solid idea of what you think your playoff lineup's going to be, give or take the people who are injured. And that's what I want to see. I right. want people slotted and call it practice for the next eight games, you know, and let I'm, them gel. Uh, but, yeah, you're right. I, I want to see that too. And Amanda Stein-Shu does make a good point too about the, the um, Mika Zibanejad and uh, uh, Nico Heischer matchup. That should be a fun matchup. They're both – you know, extremely skilled players. They're both very good two ways, uh, two way players. And Zabanajet is their best scorer. Um, you know, that's going to be fun to watch and see if the Heischer line can shut down that Zabanajet line, which is actually kind of crazy. They these two teams are so evenly matched, guys. It's actually like it's fucking scary. Look at this. So right now, we're both at what seventy four games played, I believe. Yes. Right. And we're sitting at 100 points. They're sitting at 98. 
Oops, sorry about that. We Our have just one, by the way, in a shootout. They did. Who did they play? They uh, played Washington. This one. Okay. So the Devils have scored 255 goals, and the Rangers have scored 249 goals. We have given up 202 goals. The Rangers have given up 198 goals. Okay, uh, odds on winning the Stanley Cup. So FanDuel has us both at plus 1,200. That's Dave, one, two, three, four, sixth best odds. We're tied, as far as FanDuel goes, we're tied with the, uh, the Rangers, the Devils, and Vegas. All at a plus 1,200. Uh, DraftKings, uh, that has us, uh, FanDuel has us at a plus 1,100, and the Rangers at a plus 1,200. And MGM has us at a plus 1,000, and the Rangers at plus 1,200. Um, so we are all right there with the same odds. The Devils' power play is 17th in the league at 21.1%. The Rangers' power play is 10th in the league at 22.7%. Devils' penalty kill is 7th in the league at 82.5%. And the Rangers' penalty kill is 12th in the league at 80.8%. So if you took all the special teams, you know, um, averages, they're pretty much even. Yep. We're fifth in scoring. They're fourth in team defense. Mm-hmm. Um, Igor Sharon, uh, Sisirkin is second in wins with 34, and Vitek Vanacek's got 29. He's eighth. That is ridiculously close and evenly matched teams. Like, uh, you know, I really am... I think that the Rangers are probably a little bit of a better team, but I... In a seven-game series, I mean, I think this is a matchup. The Devils, it might be favorable for the Devils, just the way that they match up together. I think matching up with Carolina in the first round, Boston, Islanders, I think that could be bad news for the Devils. I think a Ranger uh, first-round playoff series and a win in that first round can set this team, and we said this a while ago, that can be what sets this team into a different stratosphere. Oh, definitely. And, and, and it's so huge, too, the way they respond to this playoff series because I think the way this team is, they they don't have the experience, as we said, and they really need that jump start. If they start out well against the Rangers in the playoffs, the truth is they can pummel the, the Rangers. They can. They have that ability. They sure and do. And they're so close. They, I can also see them, if they have a slow start, they just kind of wither, and the Rangers can make – Fairly short work of the Devils. It's possible if the Devils are going to play like they did against the Islanders. Uh, I hate to say, it, as close as the matchup is, they can get shut down pretty quickly. Um, so, like to me, it's all really about the Devils' confidence. I expect consistent play. That's not going to be affected too much by the way we play our game from the Rangers. But the 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 Devils have a both a pro and a con here with their inexperience. The pro is, like you said, if they go on a tear, sometimes like the inexperience of you know, not ha- knowing what comes next, they will get like so much extra energy from this and they will really go on to be like, watch out this team. There's no way you can just easily beat this team. They're going to be such a crazy, how far will they go season? But I can also see they just, you know, they're going to drain all their confidence in that first game if it doesn't go well. And so it's so interesting. I, they are so evenly matched, but yet I don't necessarily think that means seven games. I think no. we could still have one team crush the other either way. And, I think there's definitely uh, truth there. very excited. I don't know what to pick with this you know, series right now. Well, you know, if you watch a lot of Ranger hockey, what are you doing, Tone? Oh, scratching. 
That's a weird way to scratch, man. That's a very down. All right. Oh, okay. So, um, you know, if you watch Ranger games and stuff, like the, the Rangers, uh, they can play very physical and they can play a heavier game um, when they want to, and they do sometimes. They also like to play the speed game. They also, this is a big difference, I think, between the Devils and the Rangers. The Ranger, the Devils, they are young and inexperienced and they make mistakes because of that. Um, and those mistakes will cost you games or lead to goals. The Rangers, but Devils never just puck watch. The, the the Devils are always skating. They're always, you know, they're they're they play hard. Um, the Rangers take shifts off, and mm. you know you can see it throughout the course of every game that they play. When they are scored on, a lot of times it's you know easier goals that could have been defended, but they puck watch and they sit back. If the Rangers play a physical game, a defensive game, where they play kind of like the Islanders played and try and get us out of our speed game and that rhythm, they'll be successful. But I don't think the Rangers will. I think the Rangers are going to try and keep up with the Devils. And that, I believe, will benefit the Devils. Um, if well you want to you want to go end-to-end with the Devils, you know, you see it in overtimes, and they talk about it now. These other teams are getting the puck on 3-on-3, three three and they're just... Wasting time, trying to get to a shootout, just only giving that puck up if they have a good look and that's it. Because they know this team, three on three, they're lethal. And they can be lethal five on five. I had said back no, during... Think to put that together. And right. It, and, and during the winning streak, I had oh, said this. This, this is this The way that they were playing, they were the best five on five hockey team I had ever seen in my life. Yep. That's they not fucking hyperbole. Yeah. That's the truth. Yes. And they were, and I think they can be it again. They just, you know, maybe tomorrow night's will be, be that game that just kind of clicks one way or the other. Maybe it'll be the finally the kick in the ass. Oh shit, we lost, and yeah. we we know we got to turn it on now because we're going to be playing these guys. So, or let me ask you this: Who's it the bigger game for? Is it a bigger game for the Devils or a bigger game for the Rangers? What I think, think it's a bigger. All right, uh, uh, you guys, go ahead, Tone. The Devils. I think it's a, a big game for the Devils because we're talking about. Who would have the advantage in the series? And it, like, if if I would not want to play, if the playoffs started this week, I would not want to play the Rangers this week because as I mean, I know I mean Chris go back and forth on. I mean, this team looks nasty right now. They sure do. So, I mean, they really do. They're firing on all cylinders. Everybody's. I mean, last night they scored three goals in eight minutes. Like right away, I was, I, I tried to watch some of that game. I was like, Jesus, it's going to be one of these games. I forget. I don't even was a score like six to three or something. I yeah, think. but there, there were garbage goals at the end. They, they, yeah. they, Columbus came back. You know, they they made a game out of it in the third. It was three two. But you know, it, 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 they should be Columbus, and they did. Yeah. But okay, so you. But Devils, if they're fine. Like, just this right now. Obviously, we're going through a period where it's not not great. Where we see a lot of shit going on that we don't like. So right now I would not be comfortable this week entering a series with the Rangers. It's all going to matter what happens. It's a biggest game. For, I think it's a bigger game for the Devils because everyone right now, even when I like listen to anything sports related with hockey, the the Devils are getting the least bit of respect. But when it comes to the everyone's like the Rangers, the Rangers, the Rangers, sure. the Rangers. That's how we like it. Yeah, and they're like the Devils. You know, they people are giving them respect where they're saying, yeah, they're a good team, but they're give, they're definitely ranked. You know, you can definitely tell the vibe. So I right. think. Um, the Devils just need to pick it up, and then it, you, like you guys said, you know, we have a lot of speed. We have a lot of. I just think yeah, right Tony, now don't, don't you think that even aside from what the fans say, you know, like don't you think like for the team itself, 
don't you think the Devils are going to need this game more than the Rangers? Oh, like, if yeah, I'm the yeah. Rangers and I lose yeah, this game, I go, screw what? Screw that. We're going to play them in a seven-game series, and then we'll see. You know what I mean? But if you're a Devils yeah. fan, the way things have been going, just because the Rangers have been on a good tear, they could take this little dent in their armor and just keep rolling, they're not going to feel too down about it, I don't think, at all. I don't think they're, like, holding us up like the, we're holding them up as a measuring stick because of the whole experience factor. And, and I think the Devils are looking for a preview of, of what their playoffs are going to be way more than the Rangers are. So, you know, like, I would encourage the Devils to just not fall into that. Just, you know, th- that's going to be an area where it's easy for them to not play their game thinking about the playoffs. The, well, the Rangers, week, I don't Chris think they're going to do that. Talking about this. Chris was saying, and he's right, you think about the teams we've lost to in the last couple of weeks. The problem is we are losing to the teams that are going to be the kind of competition we're going to face. Like, we're right. losing to the... Of course, you're lo- everyone's losing to Boston. I mean, you know, but I mean, we're losing right. to teams that are the ones that even the Florida game to me, Florida actually won again tonight against Toronto. These games Tampa, are ones that we, right. are tough teams, you know, Tampa. Yeah. Well, I mean, Tampa, you know, that, you know, that was a weird series. You know, if you look at it, yeah, we lost two of those games. One was in a shootout. So it's kind of, we did win this on the road in Tampa. So that mm-hmm. was nice, but. We are – my biggest problem is when we – it's big for the Devils, the Ranger game, because they, to me, are a team that has set a standard this season that you want to beat. And we've had a trouble beating those teams, I feel, the last couple of weeks. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I know we were talking about that already, but – What about you, Bob? Uh, it's definitely a bigger game for the Devils in all aspects. Um, every reason that we already said, I mean, it, the Rangers have that experience factor. That's the, key, that's the main thing to me, to be honest with you. They've been there, yeah. had some, some runs lately – um, we're the unknown. They should yeah, take so. a modium for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That could work to our favor if they got the runs. That's true. Yeah. I agree that it is a bigger game for the Devils, uh, uh, definitely as far as their confidence. They they have not beaten an upper echelon team in a long time in the Eastern Conference, um, and they need to. Uh, I think come the playoffs, the series, Devils have nothing to lose. The Devils can go into that series and hey, we're not even supposed to fucking be here and play their asses off. And they, the Rangers, you made it to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. You went out and got Patrick Kane and Tarasenko on this team. You rented these fuckers. You're going to win a cup and you just lost to a team that's a year or two away from where they should be. It is much bigger in the series-wise importance to the Rangers. But this game is... It's as close to a must-win as you can have with 100 points in eight games left in the season, uh, right. you know. I, I, and I think it, it does have it's a lot to do with their their uh, their mentality. And you know, <clears throat> I was talking with Tone about this off mic. The the way that I feel about the Devils going into the playoffs right now is the exact same way that I felt about the Vikings going into the NFL playoffs last season. And the reason is. The Vikings won 13 games. They won the NFC North. They were a very good team. Their goal differential, their point differential was abysmal. When they won, they won by one, two, three points. When they lost, they lost by 25 or 30. So their differential was almost dead even, uh, and no team will make it far in the playoffs when you just are gutting yards uh, in in your defense. Yeah, that close. Right. So going into the playoff game, I was super excited. We won the division. You know, we won 13 games. It was a fun-ass season to watch. I mean, they had the biggest comeback ever in the NFL history against the Colts. They came back from 18, 17 down in the second half against the Bills up in Buffalo. It was a fun, super awesome season. 
But going into that playoff series, I knew how vulnerable we were, and right. I knew that that was going to be uh, exploited in that game. And I right. knew going in, even though it's a wild card game against a lesser opponent in the Giants, the Giants were going to win that game. I know. And you know, and it's funny did. when you talk with other fans, sometimes don't you feel like when you speak that kind of truth, they're like, oh, you know, maybe you're not a real fan. You know? Oh, God, yeah. And I'm like, no, that I is the real fan. Like it's it's kind of easy to be a homer and just go like, my guys are going to do it. But I think there's something that shows a lot more heart when you like you love your team because maybe they're not the favorite yeah. and you think they can make noise and you want to see how far they could go and you just like cheer them along. And that was easy to forget because you get a little, you know, satisfied when the teams are doing so good that you get greedy and want more. And even within the short season of them being good, I think a lot of people fell into that, myself included at times. But you're right, man. Just seeing like this team, I, you got to be just a full on homer if you don't see their weaknesses. Yeah. And you know, you're, you're worried for them and you're pulling for them. You see a path to glory, but you know it's not as easy as some other teams. And it's to, a lot there. No, and it's a lot different in hockey for the simple fact that the playoffs are a seven game series. So yeah. it's not you know, so you can make your adjustments and do whatever like you know, whatever changes you have to make to give yourself a better opportunity. You can bring guys in, you can bring guys out, which I think Gertson has got to be called up for tomorrow night's game tone. I completely agree with you on that one. But um, you know, you you when you look at a team the way that I think all four of us look at all of the teams that we like, whether it's the Mets, the Yankees, the Raiders, the Niners, the Devils, it doesn't matter, Vikings. Um, when you love a team for the, uh, you know, crest on the front, not the name on the back, it's, it is, it's going to sound super corny, but it's true love. You see it for what it is, warts and all. And you you love it no matter what. You want it you to do the best. You don't get to clean up with that team. Right. You, you know, know just, it's you just true yeah, love. You get them until you're in your with them till the day you die. Whether right. they they hoist the Fort Stanley Cup or they never raise a Lombardi Trophy in Minnesota, it doesn't matter. Yeah, you love even them. though that and, that team slept with your brother, you right. still love that and, team. You know, when I was living in Tampa, 2018, right. on the Devils, you know, of course, I'm I'm a huge Devils fan. Not a lot. Don't like the Lightning. But if but I knew, I knew going to those games that like it was like when your mom used to dress you for school and she put just some dopey shit on you. You knew when I was going to that stadium was, go you knew the Devils weren't going to win that series against the Lightning. But I still yeah, have twenty eighteen. You mean? Yeah, I oh, still yeah, wore my. Jersey. I still wore yeah. my jersey. Yeah. I went there and I was ready to take the abuse, you know, because I loved my team. But I wasn't stupid though, and I, people would be like, "You guys think you could beat us?" I'm like, "Well, not really, but I'm hoping." And you, you, you have yeah. to look at it, and especially when you do what we do now, where you're actually talking about it to people you listening. To you can't just sit here and say that the Devils are the greatest thing since sliced bread, and we should have won a, you know, we should win the Stanley Cup every single year. Yeah, it's awesome watching them do good. It's awesome watching everything, even the offseason, the rebuild, and all the shit that goes along with it. That's why you follow the team. And you follow them, like I said, warts and all, doesn't matter um, what they end up doing. And at the end of the season, chances are your heart's going to be shattered into a million pieces because in the end, there's only one fan base that is cheering. At some point, everybody wants to take their jerseys, throw it in the fireplace. Never, you say, I fuck this team. Never fucking watching them again. They're done until yeah. the next little bit of news comes out about that team, and you're fucking glued to it. And then the season starts, and you're knee deep in shit again. It's That's exactly it, ex what it's like being a Raider fan. Like I was so disgusted every at the end of every every year, man. I'm like, why do I fucking what do this to myself? And then right, you, you like go you back said, to her every time. 
she hurts you and she hurts you and she yeah. hurts you but you keep going yeah. back because you love them and because it's an abuse victim because yeah. every once in a while she comes home with you know oh i got you a piece of cheesecake and a stanley cup and I you're super happy right that's right that's right? true I, I like a good cheesecake so i do too Yes, Bob, you have a question? I'm, I'm so confused. Are we, we're supposed to be doing this for love. Am I to understand there's no paycheck involved in this podcast? <laughs> no, but there will be punch and pie. Oh, yes. punch and pie. So and maybe pie. some cheesecake. You never know. Yeah, possibly. Uh, so, Bob, you had something that you want to – you had a, a quick game you want to play? Just to, I just want to pose a question to each of us. I would like my chance to answer too. Yes. Um, but I just simply want to know, you could take any previous devil, aside from the retired five – Okay. okay, you're saying the retired or the rafters. Got it. Right. Anybody in the rafters you can't take. You can take any other devil from any other time and plug them into this team for this playoff run. And when you take this person, you can cite, like, the year. I want to know the year. I don't want to, you know, just know Brian Rafalski, but, like, particularly when. And who would you put into this team? Do we have to also say who we would take out, or does it not matter? No, it doesn't matter. Okay. It's just okay. hypothetical. Who yes. wants to go first? Mm. I gotta think a minute. All right, yeah. uh, I will I think take, I got one. Um, oh no, wait, I don't. He's he's Bro retired. Door. Sorry, <laughs> I'll take Bro you can't Door. take him either. He, he's, he's in the rafters. He's in the rafters. He's also got a statue. I'll take Scott. I was thinking. I was thinking Niedermeyer again. You don't know how to play this game. All right, <laughs> can I take? Can I take Niedermeyer? Try Elias. Oh, well, actually, Colin I would White. like Danico. Is there any Colin way White. I can get Danico? No, you would take Colin White if Danico. We'll do it for us. I'm sure. No, we'll you know, we, we we need a tough guy in there though. We have to we have to add this into the team. Right. But that's what Bobby's saying. So one guy, a former Devil, and yeah. you put him into this team. What are you looking for? And what period of time are you looking for them? Twelve to play? You, 1995. Mm, that's asshole. a great one. I think <laughs> right, everybody gets my second one. Damn but it. I wanted to think if there was a better one, and there is Chris no story. <laughs> I thought it popped. Jason Arnoff popped in my head. Um, uh, Scotty Gomez during that run. Oh, yeah. um, I mean, there's so well, many Elias guys. Retired. You guys don't know how to play this game. Oh, Bobby gave right. five times. Hey okay, man, it's five thirty in the morning, and I'm stoned. <laughs> I could think. I could think Dave, like Dave Andrews. Congratulations, Tony. <laughs> David Clarkson. Oh, David Clarkson. <laughs> David Clark. No, nobody would say that. I love really. That. I mean, that great grit, answer. tough dude. Yes, and, you well, know, he I mean, off that dude when he took off, man. Ah, yeah, what just, happened to him? He took off and he fell apart and he fucking. Yes, he did. But yeah, that's got that a huge. Be, he got a huge contract though, and then he yeah. just fell off. He had one Some good guys year. Are better as devils. Um, you know, you think yeah. about a guy like Jim McKenzie and what he would do on this team. Yeah, that's I mean, um, gritty as they come. Definitely. Oh, you know, a guy like uh, Grant Marshall. What would a guy like Grant Marshall do on this team? A guy, big yes. guy like Dave Andrichuk, who can just park yeah. it in front of the net. Kyle uh, Palmieri. See, I like no. Lemieux. I mean, I like, hey, last night I would take Palmieri on this team. But I, that's I, what I'm saying. He had a great game, game and but he Lemieux, was one of our guys. To me, Lemieux has several different aspects. First of yes. all, the guy turns red hot in the playoffs. I mean, Jesus Christ. The dude, like, he's one of those guys that just turn it on the playoffs. He's got that. He'll piss you off constantly. We don't have. I, I don't see anybody pissing off anybody from on our team. I think the last yeah. feisty guy I remember, maybe Jimmy Vc. Like you know, I don't. We don't have much feisty when it comes to. No, no. we haven't in years. And Lemieux to me is just the, the, would be perfect. He's I, great. I mean, but don't you think Timo Meyer would be like, why is my fucking agent on my team now? I don't understand. This is weird. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. All right, so I do like Lemieux '95. Dan, you got somebody? That's a great answer. You know, I, I thought about because it was Bobby's 
question. I'm like, I think of Bobby, I think of Randy McKay. Randy McKay? Right, but <laughs> that kind of player, he would, be, he would be huge. He was clutch. He, you know, showed so much heart in a way that we don't have on this team. He didn't, he'd have to be the most skilled guy, skills guy in the world. And he, he came up so huge with that. Uh, I felt like he was the core of that line more than even the uh, great Peluso and Holik. And, like, we're talking about how it would be so great to get our fourth line going again. And uh, so you could, it'd be hard to pick too many better than Lemieux for sure. But uh, McKay is kind of the first I thought of. All right. I'm going to go keep to the same veil, basically, as McKay. I'm going John Madden. Um, I think having a guy, another defensive forward that can – be physical, score yeah. timely goals. Yeah. Uh, I'll take John Madden, throw him on the, the fourth line with, uh, you know, uh, I put him on the third line, actually, uh, between him and McLeod taking faceoffs. And, you know, I I, I love it. I'll put, yeah. I'll put John he's, Madden on the team. He, he reminds me so much of the way Heischer plays, right? Yes. So, you know, like he's a little bit uh, more physical uh, than he's He's a little is. bit more physical, and Heischer has a little bit more scoring ability. Yes. Uh, but, you know, like, they are so close. They are both so defensively responsible. They have different styles, you're right. John Madden uh, never looked yeah, like a definitely. bitch out there, though, and just get manhandled. Well, his team wouldn't have let him, too. That's, That's the other too. thing. You know, I mean, look, when I see Nico huffing after the – I don't know. Man, what goes on on the bench, he right? He always looks Nico? like he's going to cry. <laughs> I, I always <laughs> worry that somebody punched him in you the know. stomach. Like, I always think he's hurt. hurt. Did he get a butt end of the stick? But, you know, like – he just always he has that so fucking face on, doesn't he? Like that. Yeah, yeah. Always. He always just looks hard. All right. Well, I think that wraps it up. We all answered, right? Oh. So, uh, oh wait, I, I just, I'm just fucking with you. My question, Mr. 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 And I have to have a chance to answer. All right, guys. I'm just looking at this. Don't give you this, a chance to answer. Hey, you guys see this on the screen? Hot. It said the time for this question is up, and I think that's so weird. <laughs> How does this even work? I'm just kidding. Right, Go ahead. Who's your answer? It's kind of like the devil you know. Chris, you'll be happy to know you got the correct answer. I'm John talking Madden. Mad Dog 2000 Mad Dog. I love that's that there was a right school. answer for that. Yes, I got you it won. You got 10,000 points. <laughs> 10,000 <laughs> points. 10, points. I didn't know 10,000 points were on the line. I would have tried to. Of course, you, you just go a little harder. Yeah, but. Yeah. Uh, I, so I'm, I'm really concerned about the last-minute goals too. I just want a defensive forward, maybe do a little matching, shorthanded goal here and there, and just that great call. So great do we call, all man. agree basically? If we could pick two, it would be Claude Lemieux and John Madden in their primes. Okay, for that you're down to five thousand points, Boy. and they get the other twenty-five hundred each. Oh, great! Yeah, let's yeah let's do that. Okay, I'm I'm not greedy. I'll take twenty-five. <laughs> and then what are you going to do with all these points? <laughs> Oh, I'm, I'm, you have no idea. It's going to be great. You can buy Chinese finger cuffs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dinosaur eraser. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Redo at Bobby's Arcade. Yes. Bobby's Funtime Bobby. Arcade. <laughs> Lucky Bobby's. <laughs> <laughs> I like the points. I'm glad I have 2,500. Uh, don't be bitter that you used to have 10,000. Now you have 5,000. Tony? I me, still have 2,500. I'm bottom barrel, man. Yeah. Okay. Bobby, right, you don't well, have it. Uh, Bobby, well, it's my well, question. I got zero points. That's fucked up. Wait. Don't you also get 10,000 points? I haven't won it. <laughs> How's that fair? He knows the answer. He made Maybe up the I question. Should. Maybe I'm in the lead now. It doesn't matter. The answer's right, Dan. The answer was John Madden. You'd right. rather see him get 10,000 than us get 2,500. That's your bitter. I'm going to actually take his 10,000 and cut it in half. So he has 5,000. Now the three of us split his other 5,000. And we're, we're all good. Hey, I'm, I'm on board. I'm on board. 
This, this it works. Is? You just give you more points. See, yeah, that's wrong. Wrong. thanks, dude. You're like a mobster or something. Don't tell Bobby, but I was trying to fuck him out of his 10,000 points. <laughs> you just made me. Bobby's yeah. not stupid. <laughs> you know what? These mics, yeah, he's got he's got headphones now. He's got to be careful. You got to be ready for baseball tomorrow, man. Right? What do you got for what do you got for the Mets game tomorrow? What's your prediction for your opening day? Marlins six, Mets two. You guys got Scherzer on the mound, right? Yeah, Scherzer's on the mound. Probably a nice. It's gonna be a clean win. It's gonna be like a five to one. They got a great opening day record. I don't know how the rest of the year is gonna go, to be honest with you. But I think it's uh, yeah, they're gonna take that game. I see Giants, Yankees tomorrow. Yeah, opening day, and you, Dan's like, I could give a shit about opening day. I, I tuned it out, dude. I tuned it out. <laughs> I was just <laughs> waiting until Dan and I, I can thinking, start talking again. I was just thinking about <laughs> hockey still, like an idiot. I was yeah, thinking like, oh, about baseball. I'm not going to think about that right now. How boring baseball is. But, nah, I mean, yeah, it must I get really it. suck to be a fan of a team with 20-something championships. So boring. <laughs> you know, I, I know I'm a Yankee fan, and I kind of – I had that one I had no choice on being. Like my, my grandfather uh, was the first grandson. He had four granddaughters, and then I was born. So when he finally had a grandson, like he was over the moon. Yeah, he brought me home from the hospital. I was in a Yankee blanket. I had no choice to be a Yankee fan. Um, and, and I love the Yankees. But I think if I probably had a choice, I wouldn't be a Yankee fan. I'd be a, a definitely a Met fan over a Yankee fan. And you I say that. Was that? You can come over. Well, I mean, I kind of do. I, I like the Mets. Um, I don't like baseball enough to, you know, only root for one team. Like, I've been to more yeah. games at Shea Stadium than I've been at Yankee Stadium. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, just because you're, you know, yeah, a bit of Met fan. Yeah. Do you remember so when we went to Yankee Just through osmosis, I've been a friggin' Met fan. What? <laughs> do you remember when Carcavice took us to Yankee Stadium? Yes, I do. We're not supposed to talk about names oh, on this podcast, shit, but that's fine. No, no, no. He said that carton of ice. Now, now he's going to come after you. Here's the um, thing with you well, guys who are the catcher of the White York. Sox, you know, I mean, that's who he is. That's true. He was the catcher for the White yeah, Sox. True. Yeah, that's I went, went to one of the games when uh, when he got the tickets for us. Yeah, Cut the show one yeah. away. We're good. What? But, you know, my only problem with the Yankees or the Mets is they're New York. Yeah. I know. And I, I yeah, don't like. I don't like New York. It's the only- I don't like New York, and uh, New York's the big media market. They're the reason that it's kind of difficult to be a Devils fan in your own backyard at times. Yeah. So, like, uh, for that, it, you know, that's the only problem I have. How with is that, that now? Mets have awful colors, years. but, you know, I can live with that. Okay, so, so, go ahead. How what is that now with like Ranger fans? What do you mean? So I haven't been, you know, I haven't lived in Jersey. I've been, I went back for games and stuff. And oh, is it living around Ranger fans? Well, I, you know, hey. 94, 90, I remember, how, remember how those years were. Is it like still the fucking constant, like, you know, the, is it as hardcore as it was back Honestly, then? Honestly, I feel like I'm, hockey's not as big right now in Jersey as it was among Devil or Ranger fans this time around and last time, and I don't know why. And I, there's a lot of youth hockey that numbers that are down. But uh, aside from that, I feel like it's the same vibe. You know, it's just a little more would, quiet. I was going to say that it was probably not any different only because, like, I know myself, like, I don't go anywhere where there would be – like, I don't go to games really too much anymore with, you know, family and work. It's like I'm not going to bars and watching games and arguing with Ranger fans and shit like I used to do. Like, now it's – so I don't know. Like, I don't go anywhere is really what I'm trying to say. The problem you're saying is you don't know. know. (laughs) You don't know. You no longer know people. I don't go where people are. You haven't left the house. (laughs) You've been stuck in the house. You don't see anybody wearing jerseys in the street. I'm the only person. You have no way of gauging. I'm one of the only people that quarantine made me happier. Like, I never wanted to go back to work. You're still in quarantine. 
<laughs> basically i remember like just saying to my wife like many times during quarantine like we could totally kill this fucking retirement thing like i have right. no problem right. with never working right. you figure that out like, around in my backyard pretty good right yeah. after exactly yeah no uh, i get you is, so, this, so, is this part of getting old because I, I you know like so so saturday right my wife's like hey we want to go to this concert right so i look at the do you remember when you're a kid you go to these shows it's awesome right Still yeah. love going to concerts. I play. I mean, now you just go to an early bird special. First. When there's like six bands on the bill, I'm like, man, can I stand there for six fucking oh, days? Oh yeah, and like, yeah, yeah. And I'm probably the youngest of all of us, I think, maybe you know, by yeah. a year or something. But like, like so, so we're looking Saturday. I'm like, I gotta drive two hours. I gotta pay a babysitter probably a hundred dollars for the night. Then I go to the yeah. show. You're definitely you know, too old. And then I'm standing that's, there for six bands. I'm like, that's just getting old, dude. That's it. Yes. That's the exact same way. How about this like, one? Can you imagine thinking about a concert and you're like, I don't know if I could stand there. Like we used to, that would be such a foreign thought back then. You know, <laughs> I got to lean against the fucking wall. You know, I'm like, so, I'm like at, I'm, I go yeah. to Philadelphia. My wife and I this summer we go to Philly for a show, right? Um, so the first band was on. It was just some punk band from England. Uh, that was their first time touring the U.S. They were pretty good, but then the Bronx were coming on, and they're pretty. They're you know a hardcore band. Um, so my wife and I we grab a beer at the bar. We're standing, you know, not in the middle of the place. We're off to the right. Moshing. And we're sipping our beer. No, no, no. So the Bronx oh. starts, and we're just sipping our beer. And I'm like far away from where any kind of pit's going to open up. And I was, I thought. Honey, we're in the pit. Look out. <laughs> so this pit opens up right behind us, right? Next thing I know, I just spent $25 on two fucking beers. The air. <laughs> two beers, right, are all over This is over a Portlandia me. spit. This is definitely a Portlandia skit with, like, Dave and Cass. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great skit there. And I'm standing there, and all of a sudden, like, I got so mad. I was like, I just spent $25 on beer sitting in some asshole punk. Talk to me. My fucking beer all over me. I was now, pissed now, off. Did you, like, shake, did you shake your cane at them? And I did. Like, you, I, I said, you. You went for stoppers. You owe me a new beverage. I, I, what is, what is, I just had a curiosity because I know we're all different levels of age now. Like, you know, I would go see a band called The Very Old. Let's I'm count on six, six, six a couple months ago. I'm sure we go to different shows. Slice them open. What's the last show you guys went to? At these, like, what is the last show you each went to? The last show that I went to was Frank Turner and the Bronx and Avail at um, do 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 in Philly. That was the last show, and back in the summertime. Okay, what about you? Yeah, that's not an old man show. We saw Jack White twice this summer. Uh, we saw the Decemberist this summer, which is very old crowd, dude. Like that, uh, that, that band was, you know, first big in what, like the late '90s, early 2000s, and they haven't picked up too many new fans in the meantime. But Jack White, also kind of an older crowd, you know. But you know, it's still, I, I would say they still like these are all like stand up, get involved shows. I'm wondering if I'm ever gonna get to the age where I'm like. I want to go see, but I really hope it's not the kind of place where I got to stand because I want to sit down. Like if I get to that point, I think I'm gonna go home yeah. and like just just die or something. You I wanted to go see Udo. It was the same way. Everyone was so. I was like, damn man. I was like, about you, Bobby. I really feel like there was one where we had a babysitter overnight, so there's something in between this, but I can't recall. So I know for a fact that the last show I saw was Pearl Jam because my wife was pregnant. How long ago? Yeah, it's on our list to get back to shows, but I I think I might have seen something in between, even if it was small. 
Bobby's last show was Sinatra. Well, holy was, crap! Going back to like 2014, I think. What did you real quick? Because we're getting a little over time, so we're gonna wrap it up real quick. But I'm curious, what did you think of Pearl Jam live? I love them live. Yeah, I yeah, saw them yeah, years ago, and I thought they were extremely good. But I also felt like they were no different than just listening to my Pearl Jam album at home. No, so, I thought the I thought I, the opposite. I know, maybe it was just me. I saw them at Lollapalooza. That was the last time I saw them. That's a long time ago. Yeah, that's the second one. It's crazy. Right? One body count played. All right, yep. So, Tool. I, I saw Tool. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And I saw Tool, uh, and I didn't even know who that band was. And we I'm saw, there on that second stage, and I'm like, these guys are amazing. And then you find out oh, that's Tool, and they're going to become like a just gigantic band. We saw so cool. them. Like, they bore uh, the shit out of me, though. Back, like maybe 10, 12 years oh, yeah. ago, right, Dan? Yeah, that was one of the shows yeah, we, we saw together. Of, one of the last ones we saw together. Show. We saw Tool a few times together. Oh yeah, at least yeah. twice. Yeah, yeah, definitely twice. Um, but yeah, that that was the uh, that was the last show. The next show I'm going to is again Frank Turner, and that's in May. Oh, that should um, be good. Yeah, and he's playing with some other band that I don't know. It's a, a kind of a poppy punk band with a woman singer. They have some famous song, but I don't really know it. I got to give them a listen to. But I you know, Chris, I got tickets today. Up, but I will say that I remember the last show I sat out in line for tickets for was with you for Billy Joel at the Spectrum. That's right. That's the last the show I ever spectrum. had to sit out. You know, because back in the day, you didn't yeah. just go online and pay $5,000. Yeah. The last yeah. show that I remember sitting online for was with Chris, and uh, it was for Billy Joel. We saw him at the Spectrum, and it was fucking the great. The old Spectrum. And River of Dreams show. Yeah, yeah that's we, right. We just right. bought tickets today. It wasn't too bad. Like, we bought the tickets for the Pixies that are going to be out in Jersey in August, and uh, that wasn't a too big a deal. But, we, you know, uh, one of our kids is really into The Cure right now, so... Uh, when those tickets came up, we were like, oh, we got to see because, like, this band has a tour in a while and they're hard to get. And what a pain in the ass, dude. It was like Command Central where me, my wife, my, you know, my kids, we're all trying to get the tickets at the same time. Uh, and, like, nobody can get in. And we even got, like, early. It was like a pain in yeah. the ass. I would rather sit outside in the rain. Let me tell you something. Like, you, like, back in the day, like this was such a pain in the ass. I hated it. The next show, I'll go through and tell you the stressed. ordeal. The ordeal that we all went through to get River, my daughter, um, shit. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> so is it, so, yeah. Um, so is that, number one five. No. <laughs> yeah, I mean uh, that 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 was a fucking shit show and a half. But anyway, uh, yeah. guys, I guess we're gonna hop on um, probably what before the Ranger game. We're gonna try and talk about it. So. Uh, sure. Hopefully that's 25. what we will do, and uh, so we're, we're shooting for what time about? Uh, I think maybe I'll, around like I'll check later. All right, yeah, we'll okay, we'll talk good. about it tomorrow, <laughs> and uh, we'll we'll see you guys when we see you. So thanks so much for listening. We're the Uncle Puckers. Thanks for listening to us. Uh, if within an hour of the show, you can cut it off. With the last seventeen minutes, they were just shit. So <laughs> indeed, for next Please. time.